Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, presented by Budweiser and Legacy Heating and Air, continues on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett with the South Bend Cubs in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Eric Hansen, the Fighting Irish Football Insider for the South Bend Tribune back at our WSBT studios. We'd love to welcome to the program Fighting Irish basketball coach from 1971 to 1991, Digger Phelps. He's got a brand-new book out. He's the author of Father Ted Hesburgh. He coached me and, of course, Father Hesburgh, Notre Dame's president from 1952 to 1987. Father Hesburgh passed away in 2015 at the age of 97. Coach, it's Darren Pritchett. Good to be with you. How are you this evening? Darren, I'm glad you're out of town because that studio is not big enough for you and Eric. <laughs> you got that right. He just kicks you know me I mean? out I mean, when he all the time. Talking, you have to go out the door. I understand. You know my pain, Coach. I'm glad you understand that. <laughs> well, it's it's great to have you aboard, and I would love to ask you first just your initial reaction in meeting Father Hesburgh and how quickly you became friends. Well, when I first got the job back in 71, it was Father Hesburgh and Father Joyce that uh, hired me, and it was just knowing the tradition and the mystiques of Notre Dame and growing up in the Hudson Valley uh, near West Point right across the river, uh, Army Notre Dame was always the classic in college football. But when I was coaching St. Gabriel's High School in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and the east part of Pennsylvania near Allentown, Bethlehem, uh, in that area, Scranton, uh, Wilkesbury, I just said, I wrote a letter to Air Parsega in 65. I said, I love Notre Dame, the essence of Notre Dame, and what you're doing in football. Someday I want to do in basketball. Well, six years later, at the age of 29, I was at Fordham University as head coach for one year, and uh, we had a hot year. We got 26-3, and three, a team that was in 10-15 and 15 the year before. And I first meet Father Joyce, and then when I get here, I meet Father Hesburgh. And knowing who they were and what they were and what Father Hesburgh did um, beyond being a priest, and that's why I said he's a priest for sainthood. He's the godfather of the Civil Rights Act, and that started back in '57. When President Eisenhower asked him uh, to get three men from the south, three from the north, and come up with a civil rights act. So they went up to the land of lakes in Wisconsin, where Notre Dame has a retreat place on the lake. And they were fishing that day, like in the Bible, fishermen. And that night they sat down and came up with 12 ideas for the Civil Rights Act. They took it to President Eisenhower in the White House, and they told President Eisenhower how they were fishing, and that night they came up, and all of a sudden, Ike says to Father Ted, you can fish up there? And he says, yeah. He says, do you think I can sneak out of the White House and meet you up there someday, and we'll go fishing? Father Hesburgh says, yeah. So yeah. Ike left the White House, ends up going up there to fish with Father Hesburgh, and what he caught, he took back to the White House, and then he <laughs> cooked it and ate it. But from that point on, Eisenhower gave the uh, Civil Rights Act to President Kennedy, who was going to use it to run for a second term re-election, but he got assassinated. But then there was LBJ, who replaced Kennedy, who took it to Congress, and by 1964 it was passed. And this is why I call Father Hesburgh the godfather of the Civil Rights Act, because today it's for all cultures, all colors of skins, and, and, and all religion. And that's who he was as a priest, but more importantly, as, as what he did for humanity. Digger, I hesitate after that initial uh, blast to to ask you a question. I'm just kidding, but uh, what what prompted you to take your thoughts about this and want to put it into a book? Because I've read letters, I've read things uh, where you've talked about Father Hesburgh, and they've 
been really moving, but what, what prompted you to say, let's write a book about this? What came upon it is, um, obviously, for all those years when he was president of Notre Dame and then when he retired, I went to work for President Bush in the White House in 92 when I left Notre Dame in 91. And I was running this program called Operation Weed and Seed. And what it was was taking the Civil Rights Act and putting it into uh, neighborhoods in this country to get people to stop the gangs, the warfare, and everything else and get them to know and understand that uh, even if you go back and get a GED and then become an electrician, you can make sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year and live to be 80 before being dead at the age of 40. But the thing was with this, with Father Hesburgh and, and how he did this, um, it was more of me knowing who he was and what he was. And so when I went to work in the White House, I would come back and brief him on what was going on in L.A., like going I would meet with Jim Brown, and he was working with the Crips and Bloods to get them to stop killing, and you know, Mayor I can, which was a, a way to get people jobs in those inner-city programs that Jim Brown started. It was just an example of one. So I'd brief him all the time, and then finally we started taking him over to Parisi's restaurant. When I say we, it was Father Austin Collins, Father Paul Doyle, Melanie, his administrative assistant secretary, uh, Roberto Parisi, myself, and then the last um, seven years before he died, it was Linda Costas, my fiance. And we'd sit around that round table there and start to pull stories out of him. And then that's how I asked him at one point, how did you get involved with Eisenhower and the Civil Rights Act? And I just told you that story. One other time I said to him, give me your starting five. And he looked at me. He said, you still coaching? I said, yeah. I said, Hesburgh, you, you know, you were 7-0 and as a game priest. And when I was hired at Notre Dame, we were told to have mass day to game, have a priest say to mass, have a medal as inspiration like St. Joseph the Carpenter, never pray to win but to pray to do your best, and be ready mentally, physically, spiritually to go in every game. Well, Father Ted was 7-0 and in 20 years on that bench. He knocked off number one at that time in 1977, San Francisco, and Bill Cartwright. Then in 78, he knocks off number one Marquette. And then in 80, he knocks off number one DePaul. We beat him in two overtimes. And the picture of me and Father Hesburg on the book cover is my arm around him after that game where Woolwich hit two free throws to win in double overtime. And I'm shaking his hand thinking, I said, Father, a lot of prayers for this. And he said, yeah, Digger, I was running out of Hail Mary's, which was vintage <laughs> Hesburg. So I said to him one night another time, I said, give me your starting lineup. So, okay, fine. He starts with Pope Paul VI. Well, Pope Paul VI was Monsignor Montini from uh, up north in Milan. Then he became Cardinal Montini, and then he became Pope Paul VI. Well, he and Father Hesper were buddies before he was Pope, and they used to go to this restaurant called Alfredo's, which was like four blocks from the Vatican. And that's where Alfredo made Alfredo sauce, which became nationwide, worldwide, the sauce that goes, if you're not having meat sauce, tomato meat sauce, you're getting Alfredo sauce. So he and, and Pope Paul VI would go there and hang out together, and they were great friends. But when he became Pope, he wanted Father Hesburgh to become a cardinal. He invited him over to Rome. They had a meeting for an hour one day. He said, no, I'm a priest. I was born to be a priest. I'm going to die as a priest. But he kept the ring, and he died with the ring to be a cardinal. But that was his first choice. The second choice was Eisenhower because of the Civil Rights Act and their relationship. His third starter was Father Joyce because he and Father Joyce ran that place for 35 years. And after 20 years, he said to Father Joyce one day, why don't you become president? I'll take your job. And Father Joyce said, no, let's continue to go where we're going and we'll get it done. And for another 15 years, 
that's what they both did. And for 35 years, what you see in Notre Dame today is what their dream was back then, and this is the reality of it today at Notre Dame. And the fourth one, I said, he needs a woman in this. You've got to have one woman. And I figured it was going to be Joan Crock because of her relationship when he got to know her. And she ends up in the Crock Foundation giving like $80 million to Notre Dame. And that's why you see the Hesburgh Peace Institute because of the Crock family. But no, it was Helen, his secretary back then. And Helen was this sweet lady, thick glasses, arthritis in her fingertips from typing on that old Underwood typewriter. And so one day, Hesper comes in and says, oh, my God, I don't have a speaker. This is in 1960 for graduation. She says, why don't you ask your good friend, President Eisenhower? And Father Ted says, oh, he's president and he's too busy. Helen, well, Father, did you ask him? No, I didn't ask him. Well, why don't you ask him? Father Hester says, then why don't you ask him, Helen? So she types up a little letter, sends it to the White House, and a week later when Hesburgh's in his office, she says, oh, by the way, Father Ted, President Eisenhower will come and be the commencement speaker. Have you got one of your priest friends from Rome yet to come over to St. Master to seniors? And that's vintage Helen, and it turned out to be Pope Paul VI that came over. And then his last starter was Frank Leahy. I said, you fired Leahy. He said, well, this is before all that happened. Father John Cavanaugh was president, made Father Hesburgh vice president of the deans, because all the deans were out of control, as Father Cavanaugh said. And he said, by the way, Father Ted, take care of Leahy in football, because I understand he's got those kids practicing when they should be in class. So <laughs> Father Ted gets the Big Ten manual, reads it, and sees where they only travel in the Big Ten with 35 football players on road games. Well, Leahy was traveling with 49. So Father Ted said, ah, that's going to change. So Father Ted... Father Hester happens to be the game priest when they go out and play University of Washington in Seattle. And uh, the train ride for two days, twice they had mass going out in the two days. And Frank Leahy never talked to Father Hester at, at mass because he was mad because when they got on the train, Father Hester asked the game coach, how many uh, players on the train? And the assistant, the coach Leahy, said, there's 35, Father. Good, then we can go. So 14 guys stayed home, and that's why Coach Leahy was upset. So we're losing the game at halftime. We come back and win the second half. Leahy rips the referees at the press conference. National headlines, all the papers around the country. Crybaby Notre Dame comes back, beats Washington and Seattle. And it's like, oh, my God, what a disaster. So they get back to campus, and Father Hesper calls up Leahy. And Leahy says, Father, I apologize. I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. Well, Frank, you getting a lot of mail? Yeah. How much mail? Well, two buckets full. And I said, what you do with that, Father? He said, I burned it. So they have their own little meeting. They're going walking around the lake, and he says, Frank, I talked to Father Cavanaugh. Leahy thinks he's getting fired. And Father Cavanaugh said, from now on, we went to the West Coast, charter a flight. And that's how that all started, with charter flights to the West Coast, especially for Southern Cal. So his starting lineup, Pope Paul VI, Eisenhower, Father Joyce, Helen, and Leahy. That was his starting five. Wow. Digger Phelps is our guest, author of the brand-new book, Father Ted Hesburgh. He coached me. Coach, through the years, so many people around here have, have read about Father Hesburgh. They just heard you tell stories about Father Hesburgh, but not many people had a relationship with him like you did. So for all of us that didn't have that relationship, is there something about Father Ted that we don't know about that maybe you could tell us about, just maybe a trait he had or something that he really, really enjoyed to do? Well, he had this special trait of making you believe that you could do more than you thought you could do. And I'll give you an example. President Duarte of El Salvador, when he and his brother Duarte came up here in the late 40s to go to school, they were in Father Hesburgh's dorm, 
because he could speak Spanish. And so the work they graduates, and then Father Hesburgh, years later, is down in uh, Panama City doing a universal Notre Dame light. That's when they go out and speak to all the alumni, and this is the Central American and from Mexico as well as Panama alumni. And he runs into Duarte, and he says, what are you doing? He says, um, uh, well, I'm a civil engineer back on my country. He says, Nappy, it's time for you to get that country out of that communism dictatorship and bring in democracy. You get it done. And so Torty has a revolution, loses two fingers when he gets captured and is, as a prisoner, and the rebels, uh, you know, he, they take it over and he gets elected president. And in the early 80s, Duarte was here and told that story at commencement uh, when Father Ted gave him an honorary degree. But that's what he does to people. He makes you believe you can do more than you think you can do, and that was probably one of the traits. And as I said, you know, it's, it's been interesting knowing that his 100th birthday is coming up, uh, this Thursday, and at the same time to celebrate that, I was on the Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee for 22 years for the Postal Service, and um, back in 88, that's when we had the 100th anniversary stamp of, of Newt Rockney, and I had President Reagan come out as the Gipper and give that speech about, uh, you know, Rockney's 100th birthday. So with Father Hesburgh's birthday being 100 years is May 25th, this Thursday, uh, decided that September 1st, the day before the Temple game, we will have that first day of issue with the Postal Service doing it at the ACC again, and it's open to the public. And the uh, speaker will be Condoleezza Rice because Father Hesburgh loved her. She was Secretary of State, and at the same time, she got her master's degree in Notre Dame back when. So he had this way of doing things and getting people motivated and knowing how he just was who he was, and he, he, he walked the talk, especially with the Civil Rights Act. And don't forget, he got like 150 honorary degrees from other colleges and universities around this country and the world because they realized what an educator he was. And what I'm going to do with the money from this book, I'm going to take what I get and put a scholarship in Father Hesburgh's name so that some young man or some young woman who gets accepted in Notre Dame but has financial difficulties, the Father Hesburgh scholarship will take care of that student. So that student has a chance to graduate and be a part and win in the game of life. Fantastic. Digger, uh, probably about maybe 13 years ago, I was fortunate enough to have an interview with Father Hesburgh. And what a fascinating guy and so multifaceted. You mentioned the civil rights stuff. And, and a lot of other facets. And one thing that was kind of interesting, he admitted to me that he didn't know how to cook or do laundry. And he, <laughs> he was kind of trying to learn that for the first time. But from the priest standpoint, you know, that's maybe the part that I didn't get to see of him. And, and you saw that side of him. I think you wrote about um, getting a blessing from him yeah. before bladder cancer surgery. Yeah. Can you talk about True. that experience? Well, he would always uh, put you in a position where, through the power of prayer, he would build up your spirituality that uh, you're going to go in and get things done and win. Uh, you know, I, I always said from him, the power of prayer is the will of win. An example, I had prostate cancer and went and saw him, got a blessing, and uh, beat it. And then three years after that, I get uh, bladder cancer back in 2014. And fortunately, uh, I go see him get a blessing, and he looks at me and he says, have the courage after he blessed me on the forehead. And, boy, I got out of his office, wrote that down on a piece of paper, and got the name and the date and, and everything of have the courage, and I keep it in my wallet all the time. And I never forgot that. And, and that's what he would do to you to, to give you that spiritual strength to go after any challenge that you're going to run into in your life. 
And he did that in many different ways with, with many people. He was always, his door in the office was always open. And any students who had the chance to see him and get a blessing uh, before he passed, that was something that I felt was uh, something extra about Notre Dame, that Father Hesburgh was still a part of the place the way he was. And I'll never forget his funeral when we left the Basilica and we're going to walk to the cemetery, which, you know, maybe a half hour, I mean a half mile when you go down St. Mary's Road on your way to St. Mary's, and that's where the priest is buried as you make that turn down there. What well, was funny, I'm walking with Linda, and we're following the priest and the Hesburgh family, and all of a sudden I look at Linda, and I said, I thought we were co-eds. And what I meant was the road, both sides, were lined with women. One of the greatest things I said to him at Teresi's one night, I said, what's the greatest thing you accomplished? He said, co-ed equal, 50% equal men and women. And to see the road lined up with all those women, I knew he's up there in heaven smiling down saying, yes, lady on the dome, the blessed mother, we are now co-ed and we're 50-50. Well, like this class of graduate, you get 1,000 men, 1,000 women, and that's what he accomplished as far as making Notre Dame that special so that women have the same opportunity to have a Notre Dame degree like men do and go on and become champions in the game of life. Coach, tell our listeners where they can pick up your new book. Father Ted Hesburgh, he coached me. Well, it's at the Notre Dame bookstore now. And then Barnes & Noble uh, in June for Father's Day is going to have a big special on it. I'm going to be out there uh, June 24th at uh, – one o'clock that Saturday, signing books at Barnes and Noble. But uh, this <laughs> coming Friday, the second, is Alumni Weekend, and Tim Beret and I are going to be at the bookstore signing books from one to three. But that's always okay. open to the public too. But the book is available. It's uh, one book of to me where I just say a priest for sainthood, and if Mother Teresa as a nun became a saint, then I just feel that Father Hesburgh and the people that he touched and the people that he blessed and the miracles that he had people have for themselves, whether it was sickness or issues with the family, uh, to me, that's why I say he's a priest for sainthood. Coach, thanks for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Good luck with the book. Father Ted Hesburgh, he coached me, and we will talk to you again soon. All right, get those cups and win tonight on the road. We'll do our best, Coach. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. See you, Eric. There you Take go. Care. The great the great Digger Phelps joining us here on the program. Check out the book at the Notre Dame Bookstore, Father Ted Hesburg. He coached me a very, very excellent read, so make sure you pick that up and it would be a great Father's Day present coming up. Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett with you. We'll step aside for a moment. Sportsbeat continues next on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT.